0: Well, welcome everybody to Align with Lina, and I get to do these amazing interviews. I tell you, it is a privilege, the the amazing people that I get to, to talk to, and specifically talk to them about their spiritual journey, because Align with Lina is about helping people align with the truth of who they are. I am committed to helping people discover that there is so much more to us than what we've been taught there is. We have all grown up believing that we are the small, finite, and in some ways, insignificant being when we compare ourselves to the stars and the galaxies and all these amazing big planets out there. And we see ourselves as these small little people on planet Earth. But the truth is that we are the stars, we are the galaxies, we're all that is. We are this incredible creator who's expressing itself individually through you and me. And the awakening process is a journey of returning to that awareness so that we can begin to live from a place of trusting one another, from a place of compassion and understanding of actually living in a state of unconditional love. And what that means is you place no conditions for being the presence of love on this planet. And today I am thrilled to be interviewing somebody that I haven't known that long, only about maybe three years. And it's my friend, Bill Lassiter. And Bill and I connected through a mutual friend via Facebook, which is one of the reasons I love Facebook. And I love that my site is public so anybody can find me. And I have met amazing, amazing friends this way. So Bill reached out about three years ago, and we went and had a lovely lunch and got to know each other. And when I got to know him, I got to realize that just like me, which is what this show is about, ordinary people going through extraordinary awakening process, just like me, Bill was undergoing a spiritual awakening. And we began to share our, our journey. We began to talk about what were the things that inspired him? What were the things that inspired me? I like to share what I've discovered in one way. He shares it in another. Both might be different ways, but they're actually the same teachings. It's the same truth. It's the same um. It's the same explanation, if you will, with different words about the truth of who we are. So I am going to welcome my friend, Bill. Thank you so much for being here, Bill. It's just an honor to have you here. Especially, yes, especially because the topic that you and I are going to talk about is, is conscious love. How are you in a relationship with the new consciousness that we have today? But before we get to that, let's I want you to share with people, what was your life like before you began to wake up? Tell me, describe that Bill, that Bill who operated from his ego, who was, who operated in the world, not knowing the magnificence of the truth of who you are. So paint a picture of pre-Bill. Uh, okay. Uh, I was
1: born uh, my family uh, of origin, uh, but yet, you know, even in there, there's the internal programming. Uh, and when you're living under that, you're compromising yourself. And um, and in that compromise, I suffered internally greatly. On, on the surface, it did not look like suffering, but it was um, an internal suffering. Um, I had periods uh, before I awakened, and it's almost like there's an intensity of my higher self insisting yeah. upon my awakening. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with that pressure, I, you know, I was a workaholic. Um, I drank too much. I was on antidepressants. Mm-hmm. Um, I had so much stress in my life that uh, I had arthritis in my neck that ran down my arm. Yeah. And it just reached a point where if something didn't change, I would not survive, um, you know. So in, in one sense, um, my relationship with my higher self is a very ruthless one. It's an insistent. <laughs> um, <I hear> you. <laughs> uh, so it was really just, um, you know, seeing the need to get stress out of my life. And uh, with that, I saw that I needed to um, eat healthier. I needed to exercise more. I needed to uh, quit drinking. I needed to get off my antidepressants. Uh, and I needed to meditate. And I started meditating and doing a little yoga. The yoga, the first time I, within a week of doing yoga, I pulled a hamstring. Um, <laughs> Uh and the meditation it was you know, how long do you meditate until you don't want to stop was sort of the answer. You know, so you, you just just start and but the motivation was just to simply get some stress out of my life. Yeah. Um, and that's where I discovered the Asaya tradition. If you want me to talk you more about that, I can go on into that. But that was pretty much the um where I was and when things started happening for me, it was so kind of, how
0: old were you? how old were you when that started?
1: Um, oh, good question. Let me see. I can tell you. I can pinpoint it pretty well. Probably 15 <laughs> years ago or so. Uh, my oh, my okay. the, the peak of my suffering was probably I can almost tell you uh 12 years, 12 or
0: 13 years. ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's been 15, 15 and a half for me. But speak a little bit to that suffering that you were experiencing before that. So this is roughly 45 years. How old were you 45 years ago? I mean, 15 years ago. I'm,
1: I'm now. Well, I was in my mid 40s. Yeah.
0: OK. So we're, we're kind of really parallel there because for me it was my early 40s. So that suffering that you were talking about. How did that impact your family? Uh, say a little bit more of, of what that suffering did to your life that propelled you to want to shift.
1: Well, um, one of my discoveries is that uh, until the awakening starts, we're very, very good at suppressing things. Oh, yeah. OK. And so the suffering in my family life. You know, I, I was very uh, supported and providing um, husband and and father, and um, you know, it didn't impact them because I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. If that makes makes any sense. Um, but on the inside, you know, I, I was dying on the inside. Um, so there was no. Um, attacking of others or, you know, that kind of thing. It was more of an internal suffering.
0: I even though it was an internal suffering, they didn't get the best of you. They didn't get the alive you. They didn't get the, the powerful, creative you. So there, there is an impact that those around us definitely experience, even if we're not that bully uh, being mean and vicious, but they, they don't, People who live with those of us who are unconscious, they don't get the best of us. We might think that they do, but they don't get the best of us.
1: Yeah, but my um, path that I started uh, choosing myself, um, people didn't understand that. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, you you mentioned like this conversation we're having here, you know, our meeting, I had started going through a process process. you know, going to workshops and the retreats and things like this. And I'm having this awakening experience, but I, I go home and tell family and friends and they think I'm nuts. And,
0: <laughs> I get that. <laughs> you know,
1: and um, so I, I started a process of sharing, of having long leisurely lunches with uh, children of light, to share stories. And I think that was how uh, we connected was that was the intention of our meeting was yeah. uh, we recognize each other as children of light and, um, there was a loneliness I was experiencing and um, knew there were other that pe- was happening to other people and I needed to make those connections.
0: Yeah, that is that is an amazing thing that begins to happen is we begin to realize that that it, in the beginning for me, I felt like I was alone. Am I the only one going crazy? Um, I'm changing. I'm shifting, and and like you were saying, God, source, spirit, whatever it is, universe is is pushing me to wake up. There there is an insistence in in me recognizing that there's more to me. Um, that was just the path for me. But, I know that you kind of felt the same way, so then we come and realize, okay, there's got to be more people out there like us. And yes, that's how you and I connected, and that's how I've connected with many friends. Um, let's talk about what what life is like for you since you had this experience. And you know why don't you go ahead and say a little bit about your your um tradition, the one that you that were the teachings that really propelled you to come to know the truth the way that you have come to know it. Yeah. Say a little bit about that, and then let's talk about what life looks like now for you.
1: Okay. Well, um, you know, my goal or my intention uh, was to get stress out of my life, <laughs> so, and I it was one of these things, and i have been a seeker for years, you know, and run into some dead ends, I guess is one way to put it, but It was a book that I had rejected uh, several years before, kind of jumped off of a bookshelf one one day, and it was The Art of Ascension is Taught by the Assyrians. And actually, years ago, I had gone to a a first sphere weekend, but left the the first day. I didn't stay for it. And I picked up this book again, uh, and the Ascension Uh, processes, uh, the the tradition goes that it's handed down from Christ. It was the seven thunders mentioned in Revelations to uh, John the Beloved and uh, Jesus says, don't write this down. But it's it's not exactly meditation, but it's ascension techniques that were handed down um, and kept in the monastery until uh, fairly recently. Uh, But what it does is it synchronizes the left and right hemispheres of the brain with the heart Mm -hmm. and it's um there's an upper flow of creation that we are that the the natural evolutionary tendency is this upward current Mm -hmm. that if we just simply align with that that we come in harmony with it it's a very natural thing to awaken yeah and so when i started doing this ascension technique I just noticed the days I didn't do it were not as good as the days that I did do it, and stress started falling out of my life. And um, the if I had to put a, a an event that happened with me that really opened me up to um, you know feeling energies and other dimensions and things, it was on a retreat at, uh, in Black Mountain, North Carolina, at the Light Center. -hmm. And I was doing a walking meditation down from the lodge to the river, uh, praise the whole spirit of life inside me. And I was just dropping that into my heart. And then coming back up from the river, I was doing praise the whole spirit of life in the heart of the earth. And I was just dropping that into the path in front of me. And I started experiencing the earth energy rising up. Yeah. Like the trees were like they were praising and the energy was moving. Through me, um, I went into a labyrinth, and they say when you when you enter a labyrinth, you pray for your heart's desire. And if if my mind was using it, it would have said I need some money really bad right now. But my heart asked for freedom from worry. Yeah. And when I entered the labyrinth, I kept doing the meditation. When I got to the center, I felt the earth energies uh, shoot through me, and as if in response, I felt. Uh, energies from the heavens pouring back down through me. And it felt like mother earth and heavenly father making love through me and all around me. My eyes are wide open. And I don't know how long I was there. It sort of settled in a little voice came to me and said, this is all you can handle for now. (laughs) And it was uh, an opening for me that, um, the point of no return, I guess. It's not something I could close off
0: again yeah and these things are just so beautiful and i so appreciate you sharing this because every one of us that has those experiences it's hard to put it into words so i know that we do the best that we can to give a description and unless you you really truly either one have had this or are open to the possibility that this is true Sometimes these things don't make sense, but they alter us. They leave us totally, like yeah. you said, it's a point of no return. Say a little bit more um, about that feeling. You've got you, you've got the experience of love activating inside of you. Share a little bit about what was that like for you? Because I had I had a similar experience, different but similar, and I do want to talk about that because I think it's important that we. That we share how how it alters us, because I think it's key to understanding why we begin to become kinder, gentler, peaceful, more loving people. That is where this journey is taking us. Um, So speak to what what did you feel? What was that like for you? Well,
1: you know, it, it, it seems to me I know everybody's path is different, but it seems to me that the proper use of personal will is a daily practice of some sort, you know, but when um, Giselle, right pronunciation, G-
0: God's source, energy of love.
1: <laughs> yeah, Giselle moves in. It's, it's nothing that you have done.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, it is, it's a spontaneous, um, overwhelming love that you feel that um, you want to swim toward it, Uh, you want more of it, but it's nothing that uh, you can conjure up, so to speak, you know, I was doing a certain meditation, but but that movement of that energy um, had an intelligence of its own that was uh, beyond what my personal will um, could even comprehend.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so it you know it comes into your life, and the more you can surrender to that, the uh, the more efficient and beautiful life gets. Uh, and a lot of that takes letting go of the ego, and if your desires are in line in alignment with that natural flow,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then yeah, that's that's a good idea. But um, I've also have had a lot of inner conflict and struggle. The diff seeing the difference between what I desire to happen and what is ill or my higher self knows. It's almost like you're in this uh, funnel that your higher self knows where you're headed and just swirling around and the suffering is the resistance to that. And the the more you can surrender and let go and fall inward into that energy field, uh, the more beautiful life is, and the, the reality of that energy field is, as you see, the truth—a reality that is not the reality that most people experience. It, it's a reality of beauty and truth that, um, yeah. uh, well, you know, it's something to be appreciated.
0: Yeah, and as you said, it's it's uncaused. This is where we enter the realm of paradoxes because uh, it it is an uncaused cause it is the cause of everything but yet we can't cause it to be experienced right but because it is the cause of all that is it is the creative source of all that is like you were saying when that will when that personal will when that insistence and in me being in charge of my life just stops for ever so briefly, whether it's through <laughs> a meditation or a walk in the woods or just something, something finally gives. And, you know, you can't figure it out and you drop to your knees, which for me, it was like, OK, God, there's got to be another way. This is crazy. My life is out of control. What do I do in in that little moment in that little gap of me recognizing that I can't do anything else? Then that which can do everything emerges and and it's on cause because i i couldn't schedule appointments to meet with god that that hasn't really worked yeah. well let me just say it works now but it didn't then um and i remember that the first time i had this this incredible encounter it was like what the heck happened how did that happen and then i wanted to keep recreating it yeah but the most beautiful thing in that first encounter was my awareness of the feeling it it really truly was the feeling of expansiveness unlike anything I had ever felt the peace that really passes all understanding because my mind could not understand it in a sense of connection to everything that was probably what love is supposed to feel like but at that time 15 years ago for me to begin to experience this I didn't have uh, a frame of reference in, in how to box that experience up and, and figure out what happened to me. All I knew was something amazing, something miraculous, a miracle had taken place. So tell me, how did that, your experience, alter you? Uh,
1: well, uh, I started listening to inner guidance. Yeah. Okay. Um, and part of that inner guidance would say things like, you don't need to work so hard. But the more I relax into my, into my work, things would unfold. Um, and I, I had a very you know, stressful job at that also. Um,
0: what, were than, what were you doing then?
1: Uh, well, I quit commuting and I started working from home. I was a financial advisor then and I started working from home. Um, there's you know the creation process uh, there's that it's ascending energy but in in that ascending energy the the things in in life that are blocking it um, fall away and so there in a dualistic world in the universe that we live in there's um, creativity and destruction and sometimes destruction happens so that the new creativity come in and there's a tension between all those things. And, um, if we can align with that, um, then with beauty and truth is created. Um, again, this is my experience I, being so unaligned with that for so long. Um, yeah. I created yeah. a lot of turmoil in my previous life. I, I left a marriage of, um, almost 30 years. Um, I hurt people in the process. Um, A couple of my children still don't speak to me. Um, You know, there's the choice of that or being gone because I don't I don't think I would have survived otherwise. Um, So, uh, you know, really a new life was created for me and one of the stark examples, I'm a caregiver for my mother now, but a couple of years ago, I lived in Candler Park, and it was a time in my life where, okay, I can choose to live anywhere I want to. And I chose living in Candler Park. just love the, that in-town living and that community. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I heard very clearly God saying, uh, sell your sell your business and move in with your mother. And I resisted that. I fell on my knees going, no, that's the last thing I will." Um, but yet that's what ended up happening Mm -hmm. Um, so now I'm in the country and uh, sometimes I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude uh, for being there and it's one thing, it's a thing that comes upon me um, for just being where I'm supposed to be Um, and also in, in this lifestyle I have a lot of time to Ascend and meditate and um, commune with God in love. Yeah. And, and what a you know what a life.
0: Absolutely.
1: It's yeah. almost God chooses, or, or call it creation, or call it God, call it just say or whatever you want to call it. Che if we surrender to that, it, it chooses for us more than we would take yeah. from our conscious mind. Um, yeah. So I, I keep practicing. Returning to that, uh, you know, nostalgia is bringing in something from the past that doesn't exist anymore. It's a mind creation. So is uh, dreaming of the future. And the, the more and more I find myself in the present moment, the more I see the glory of God and the beauty of what's being offered to us.
0: It it is. I I love what you said. When we enter this journey, it it is a it's a very violent journey um, in that it shakes us up. It really it's like a massive jackhammer gets gets put onto our lives. And I haven't seen anybody yet that hasn't had to go through an incredible level of letting go. Um, you know, you let go of your business, you let go of your, your, where you lived, you let go of your family, you let go of a lot of things. And and obviously I can relate. Um, I, I'm a little jealous that God told you to, you know, not to work so hard. I was told change (laughs) and then the work really began, (laughs) but I actually, I know that the day that God told me to start teaching about spirituality is the day that I retired and started playing, um, so I don't see this as work but but something that is really really cool that I want to talk about is you you said you begin to realize that there's more for us than our than our you know little minds can conceive of and you and I are parallel in so many ways your journey's about 15 years my journey's about 15 years it started for you in your early 40s it started for me in my early 40s but we also have something really cool in common and that's that you and I both have entered these new relationships. Uh, we've got new beloveds very recently. For me, it's only been two months. Um, how long have uh, you and Jerry been together?
1: Uh, I met Jerry in September. Okay, very recently. At a spiritual retreat with the Asaias in uh, Black Mountain, North Carolina. Okay. Like-
0: Okay, so beautiful. So let's let's use the rest of our time together. It's a little bit over half an hour together. Yeah. Let's talk about because I have previous marriages and I I went through um through those marriages at different levels of consciousness Uh, with the father of my children who I was married to for 23 years is when I began my process of awakening. So he got to be with me as I was beginning to unearth my ego, I was becoming familiar with what that was. I was beginning to see very clearly. Um, the ugly sides of me, the, the the part of me that was selling my soul to be able to achieve and acquire and become everything the world had said I was supposed to be, do, and have. And it was a very startling uh, realization. I mean, it took me like five years to see really how unconscious I was and how materialistic I had become and how dependent on the approval of others my life had become. And to recognize all of the decisions that I made based on what I was going to get or how it was going to help me protect what I have. And yes, I was a a loving person, a good person, helpful person. I did all kinds of volunteer things. I was overcommitted for sure, but it was all motivated by fear and people pleasing. And that those 5 years of of scene was very startling extremely startling then came the next 5 years or so which was a period of of realizing that i had to choose between that old self and the new one that was emerging the the soul essence of who i am the the truth that were being revealed through my encounters with with i call it jeezo um now cuz it's what it told me to call it but as I began to know about this this feeling of love inside of me, this peace that I had said earlier that passes all understanding, I came to a place of choice. I had to choose between the two. Was I gonna be operating from fear or was I gonna step into rec- recognizing that I am the presence of love? So it was a journey of beginning to love myself. I had to come and love God, love me, love everybody. So it, it was like training my mind To think differently and of course the last five years have been fascinating so we'll talk about that later but tell me about for you how tell me about when you got to the place that you realized what you really are now obviously you're a very peaceful person and I always sense that when I'm with you very loving very heart-centered but that now has brought you to become this conscious being in a world full of unconscious people, still, and here you find you meet a wonderful uh, person in your same circles. You know, another child of light. What has that been like? And let's talk about um, let's talk about how is it different? Because I think that that's we'll start with that and and then complete that conversation pretty quickly. What is different about your relationship now? Versus the one that you had before, because it's so different. And then let's talk about the yumminess of what we're experiencing because it is different.
1: Mm, let's see. Um, well, when, when i actually want to. This is sort of not as, answering your question directly, but one of the side notes: you're—you um, are so clear on your purpose in life uh, from uh, being. You're very busy and being purposeful in life and uh, mine has been a bit of a wondering or wondering about that and the best uh, part of the my path has is that discovery of um, it you know loving and being loved hmm oh, I just lost you there but I,
0: I I'm still here
1: okay all right I see the, okay I'm back um, so as when I left my marriage, um, and it was a marriage of a, it was a committed relationship. Thirty years is not uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's something pretty pretty big to leave. I had a very hard time with finding commitment, um, but yet I, I also searched for love. My that the heart open looks for another open heart. Yeah. Um, and I had other relationships that were all loving relationships that um, I was not able to commit to for one reason or another. But the. Uh, I did have a, a hard break in the summer that turned me inward. Um, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Well, no, it turned me inward and that. Turning inward was really a realization that um, again, it's that higher self that who you who you are to love is just It's not the other person, and if you're mm-hmm. not finding that on the inside with with yourself fully, you're going to get a distortion of that on the outside. Yeah, that's, that's not going to satisfy you, and that relationship is is one of of uh, the eternal now, and. So I had just totally decided, okay, I'll just be celibate and ascend, and, um, live in Mansfield, take care of my mother, yeah. and just be at peace with um, loving God on the inside. And you know, my message was, when you're ready, I'll show up again on the outside for you. And I just Walked into the retreat and um, I had known Jerry's brother already, but you know, she walked across the kitchen, introduced herself to him, and I'm going, "Really, God, this this quick?" Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Um, so there was a knowing that happened uh, right away. She didn't um, acknowledge it or, or resisted it. I guess might be a, another thing, but it's. Um, uh-huh. Uh, Clearly, if I had to, you know, the purposes of life uh, to know what your you know action is like you're doing, I'm I'm a little envious of you knowing uh, knowing that by the way, Um, but to have that ideal relationship and that ideal relationship is when we're um, both are rising to enlightenment together. Yes, and there's suffering happens when they are out of alignment with it's that that's simple. simple it's just simple it's, it's that simple it's always that easy but it, it requires being committed to uh it, it's it's not the other person that you're actually loving yes It's, it's <laughs> god coming through the other person and with jerry i feel the i have the experience of god in her presence and yeah. um so, did that answer your question?
0: <laughs> I keep rambling,
1: but you can direct me better.
0: That's it. It's perfect. It's beautiful. And you know, when when I when I met Dan, I, I wasn't looking for anybody. And <laughs> as a matter of fact, you know, you had a thirty year relationship, but I had a twenty three year relationship. And as that was completing. And it was completing at at about the end of the five-year mark of my journey. And that's when, like I said to you, I was discovering my ego. I was discovering my ugly side. That was the dark night of my soul. It it was just startling to see that side of myself. Um, But then I went through the next phase. And the next phase was beginning to see that there is a choice between love and fear, beginning to be exposed to love. And right as I entered that phase, I, a a gentleman walked into my life. His name is Ken. He walked into my life, walked into one of my workshops, one of my classes that I was teaching. And we immediately knew that we had a connection. It's like a, clearly we had a past life connection and something was coming together, was bringing us together for, for the purpose of, of, for me to kind of finish some business, I had to, there was things I needed to clean up still. And as wonderful as that relationship started off, it got really tumultuous and it became, um, it, it just began to fall apart in, in a really amazing way. And with my awareness, I'm watching this begin to fall apart. And I was like, wait a second, I've done all the work. What What's happening here? But it goes to your point. And it's, it's the point that I was beginning to realize that I could choose between love and fear, Mm. but I had not come to know the presence of love in me fully yet, which meant I knew I was the presence of love, but I was not abiding living from the God, which is the essence of love in me. So I, the last couple of years of that relationship was a falling in love with God. And I had to, we got divorced in in 2014, and then we stayed as boyfriend girlfriend for a little while because there was a level of consciousness there that knew neither of us was responsible for the other's happiness, but something wasn't working, so we had to end the legal part of the relationship. Um, you know, obviously we're still legal involved, but it sent me on a journey to begin to commune with God. So I had three years of communing with God in in beautiful ways. As you know, I used to go to the lake a lot and have many weekends by myself where I would go with the intention, I'm going to write, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I would get there and I was told, you know, be still and know that I am God. And many times I was told, just go jump in the lake or just go for a walk And I would leave going, wow, I was here for four days and I did nothing that the world could say, oh, you accomplished something. But there was a deepening that was happening. So when I met Dan, I just happened to go to a dance and there he is. And then something began to let me know that my work was not to think that I was falling in love with Dan what I was beginning to experience and realize and actually became so clear to me really in the last week is that God is loving Dan through me. I am feeling.
1: And, and you feel God love you back.
0: <laughs> it's yes, of course, in miracles um -hmm. says that giving and receiving are one so as i am giving permission really that's what i was doing got my will to align with god's i am giving permission to be taken over and which i do that joyfully (laughs) it's the best takeover ever yeah to give permission to feel what it feels like to be god loving its creation because when i feel Dan from that place. I don't know Dan. My mind doesn't have, can't size him up, can't put him in a box, can't define him, can't confine him. He's the pure presence of love. He's a pure innocence. He is he he is just pure childlike wonder. And I look at him and I know I'm seeing a, a human being but I'm feeling his aura, I'm feeling his energy, I'm feeling his eternalness, it's like I know him from the beginning, and I know his eternalness goes on for a bazillion more years, Mm -hmm. and it brings me to tears, because I'm sensing something so much grander, and then when my mind wants to you know, bring it down to Dan, what do you want to eat now? Or Dan, what do you want to do? Or what what did you do yesterday? Or tell me about it's like, all of a sudden, I I have to come back into my body and pretend that I'm having a conversation with a separate being that I just felt myself as one with. It's really freaking amazing. (laughs) Tell me about your experiences with Jerry. Because when you feel this God in Jerry, tell, tell me about that.
1: I don't think I can elaborate more than what you just said. That was oh, but
0: awesome. I want to hear your words.
1: <laughs> mm. um, well, it just requires it, it just being present yeah. with another person. And in that presence, um, what it feels like is God wants to experience this with me.
0: Yeah.
1: And so that energy rises up uh, and the other person's feeling the same thing. And so it's, it's not like you're sharing a, a different mind or different bodies. The energy fields are actually, we're, ex- we're experiencing this, the same love. It's not that love or my love or her love and all. It's just we're experiencing love. Mm-hmm. And it's a love that doesn't have an opposite. It doesn't have a condition around it. And it simply reveals the truth and beauty of uh, creation. And the outside world just simply falls away. Uh, that which is not real just doesn't even have a place of contemplation yeah. when you're in that energy field. Um, and to be able to stay in that. And yes, when you separate to, to take that energy with you. Um, and the glory of coming back together again, too. I, you know, we'll, I spend a couple of days in Brazzleton with, with her and, uh, she'll spend a couple of days each week in Mansfield with me. So we have a lot of coming and going.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but it's always about the, the union, the, the shared love. Uh, you know, I'm uh, part of my path. The experience in the labyrinth that I mentioned was, you know, Heavenly Father and Mother Earth making love. And that also led me into uh, learning uh, Absolute Tantra. And, you know, that is about you know, bringing the energy up to the heart and experiencing, um, you know, the sexual energies and the mental energies and everything, you know, from the heart space. Um, But, and it's a spiritual path that when two people are aligned with that rising to uh, a higher awareness or realization together, that, Coming together like that is really a propelling of that, um, of that path. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we can do it alone. Uh, but there's something about the human heart that wants to share. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, it's what it, 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 you know, we've been taught when more are gathered is love. Right. It, love is a giving and a receiving. And and it is that coming into union, that masculine feminine energy um, regardless of whether it's it's uh, two men, two women, man, woman, we, we all have these energies inside of us and one just becomes more pronounced depending on, you know, what our, our life experience is about, um, what well, we've chosen to come in and experience in this incarnation. But that union is is powerful. And yes, I think you can definitely do it on your own, but I think we're being called into now sharing that because yeah. because it's just, it amplifies the power of that unconditional love on this planet. But say a little bit more about what is it like for the two of you as you are, uh, you know, stuff gets triggered. I know it has for me and, and as t- stuff gets triggered, how do you deal with that now from this conscious space? How are you, how are you dealing with the, the stuff of relating? I mean, she's got children. There's, there's family. You've got children. Um, Dan and I have kids. He's got two. I've got three. So those things are part of life. And I feel that, that conscious loving is about how do you embody that? How do you be that on in the world? You know, we're in it, but not of it. But how do you practice it? How do you live it? Because this is a, a program about giving people practical tools. What does yeah. that look like day to day for the two of you? Well, you, you
1: know, it's first, and even before Jerry, the, the experience of being triggered, um, you know, it's never about the other person um, <laughs> to start with, okay? okay. But there's um this loving presence that, you know, that, we, that we're that we talking about uh, just simply shows up. And, um, you know, whether it's we're triggering each other or we one or the other may be triggered or something. That loving energy that I was just talking about, it's not that it fades away. It experiences that with me. And so it doesn't linger. Um, this energy that I, I'll call it love, just sell or whatever you want to call it. that um, matter it, it's, it's the source and the goal of everything created, okay uh, And we're here to have this human experience, but it's all returning to source from where it came from. And so the things that we may have, buried within our body that is blocking the the flow of this energy. Once it starts moving, it's, it can't be stopped. It's like (laughs) when a dam starts breaking and then one brick falls out, the rest aren't going to, aren't going to be able to hold the water back. It's going to come out. So that, um, you know, what what I find is that the, that energy of love uh, does not go away. And sometimes it actually, Uh, intensifies and it dissolves it 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 transforms it back to where it came from which is this the source of peace and beauty and goodness and joy and I've gotten very bad at repressing stuff
0: Say more about that because that's important. I mean, we can talk about how it's joy and love and peace, but that still doesn't address um the potential of the work that we're still doing. Yes, we experience that, but but talk a little bit more about the repressing and what that well, looks like and how that affects things.
1: Yeah. Um again, my perspective, I talk about new and old paradigm a lot. In the old paradigm, people just really get good at repressing yes. Um The experience of life. Yes. Okay. And I know, I know know, from having my conversation with children of life, there's so much uh, wounding, particularly in early childhood. Um, And particularly in our innocence, the, uh, you know, we will, our consciousness will leave the body because it's overwhelming. But life is going to be experienced, I assure you. Life is here to be experienced, and it's going to be experienced. So as our capacity to experience life expands, that that we have repressed will come up, and it will come up. It, It gets to a point where it doesn't control you, but it will come up. And the purpose of it coming up is that we didn't fully experience it, and creation has given us another opportunity. To experience it and you can choose to repress it and turn away from it but you'll keep it'll look back around you'll keep having it again so it's it's best just to feel it let it happen but know that you're not alone in that that the the um the loving energy is is there to experience it and on the other side of it it's always more glory it's almost always more
0: So share share like a real example. Um, so I'll, I'll go first. For me, um, well, because this is about helping people connect dots. Right. Um, so for me, part of of my childhood was I became a people pleaser because my dad left when I was ten years old, and the thought of the the man that I loved leaving caused me to be a clinger. And I began to wanna to make sure I did what other people needed me to do so that they wouldn't leave me. And I, I know that that was part of my pattern in, in my first marriage. And I wanted to, actually I've been married three times. All this legal paperwork, mumbo jumbo, I mean it's so silly. I, I prefer to ask how many how many loving relationships have you had? I probably have had 10 of them. Um, but, but it seems like the last thirty years of my life, I had two of them. They just happened to be legalized. Uh, but for me, the way that that showed up, it was that I was repressing my my ability to to communicate with people, to ask, well, what do you want to to collaborate, to cooperate, to co-create? because I to people, please, became a very take charge person because if I took care of everything, you would be very pleased with me and you're not gonna leave me, you're not gonna abandon me. But in doing that, I abandoned the best part of myself, which was that, that co-creative side, the one that would be open to having a dialogue about, well, what scares you so that we can work through it? But I didn't want anybody scared, so I wanted to make sure everybody was happy, which sent me into major overdrive pretending my life was so good and so perfect. Um so I had I had to look at that. I had to go through all of that in in my relationship with Philip. And now with Dan, because I did that work, this people pleasing is not hardly has any power to it. Yeah, it shows up a little bit and I can see it when when I want to, well, what do you want to do? Well, if you'll ask me, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, oh, whatever you want to do and I got to go in and check in is that a whatever you want to do because I really it doesn't matter it's unconditional or is that whatever you want to do coming from that little girl in me that that was wounded because dad left am I being a people pleaser out of clinging to you or am I genuinely whatever you want to do is okay because living in the now moment I don't have to dictate how things get done I don't have to dictate where we go to dinner because I find joy anywhere. Joy is what I take with me wherever I go. So being clear about the, those distinctions it is, has been powerful. So share a little bit for you. What is something that was repressed um, that you had to work through that? And how is it showing up now with your relationship with Jerry?
1: My um, big realization was I had compromised my life. Okay, and that's uh, and that part of that realization that when I compromise, that sooner or later, <laughs> okay, life is going to have its way, and somebody's going to get hurt. <laughs> so my shift, and this this is going to sound a little nutty, but um,
0: nothing nutty in, in a way.
1: I found that yes, we are all self-centered and i will use i will use that word instead of selfish because it sounds a little better but from my self-centeredness yes um i love myself first i love myself first and foremost and the essence of who i am is is a love that is unbounded
0: yeah
1: and so when i do that i have more to offer to others yeah. But it is a, some we'll call it a selfishness. It is a priority that everything else is behind.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, so if, if I'm with you, it's because I desire to be with you out of my own self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. I'm not... Um, Compromising a part of myself to get something from you, there's no deal being made in in the marketplace. Uh, I'm loving because that brings me joy
0: yeah
1: and uh, from that place uh, there's there's a gratitude for the other person that that emerges when you when you love
0: from that place
1: yeah. um, and mm-hmm. It's also a free love is it doesn't bond
0: exactly exactly. Uh,
1: and that bonding um, is' not it's not an acceptable condition of loving um, for me one way or the other for the other person or for me. Uh, and so there's there's the trick right that you start getting in you're in a relationship and so you're going. What's this going to look like later? Right. You you start fantasizing and planning. Um, And I'm not saying that's wrong or anything. I'm just saying that it's taking you out of um, (sighs) the real sweet spot.
0: I get it. I get it. It's it's really fascinating because to me. Planning the future, it, it, it looks like what we're going to do next weekend, it looks like maybe a trip that we we're planning in a couple of months or, or talking about maybe some trips that things that, he, that Dan has already planned that are in the summer and he's got a big birthday coming up, 60th birthday, so I'm trying to coordinate a trip to Colorado to, so he can meet my daughter. Okay. Who lives out there, so yeah, there's a little bit of that that happens, but it just happens organically. But you're you're what you're saying is really profound because in my past relationships, and and when we're unconscious, we all do this. We're thinking, is this the one I'm going to have kids with? Is he going to be a good dad? Is he going? Is she going to be a good mom? Is this person stable? Are they? You know, how much money are they making? What what's life going to look like? What's the family going to be like? And all of a sudden, your mind. Yes, goes off into be to creating a this future yeah. that has conditions on it. Because like you said, we're we're all going to experience the those repressed childhood painful traumas, and our intimate relationships are a mirror of those because in those childhood traumas we learned the meaning, according to our parents, of love, of trust, of connection, of communication. And if all of those things were not in alignment with God's plan, this new relationship with their this new partner, with their own misperceptions about love and trust and com- connection and communication, there's going to be a clash. And that clash is a chance for us to see how we have been misperceiving love, how we have set up conditions for love. So it is a powerful um, uh opportunity for us to really get clear what is love what is unconditional love about so as you're saying yeah
1: and that, and that's part of the beauty of a relationship too um you know the other if the other pr- person is loving uh, and you're being triggered the other person you know can be there with you and be present or you're triggering without trying to fix you or to manipulate you or tell you what to do or how to solve this problem or anything like that but just just being present with you um, as as this stuff comes up because it comes up uh, it comes up spontaneously yeah. and it's not something that you plan for it to come up let's let's bring up our stuff no. <laughs> but but, but what comes up comes up. Man. But
0: what a beautiful gift, though, because what comes up to me is, is what blocks the connection of that pure love potential. And obviously, doing the work that I do 12, 13 years as an awareness coach, teaching what I teach um, with my former relationship, because I met Ken, he came to one of my classes, I was already seen as the teacher and so I my ego loved imparting information so I could fix them so Uh that he wouldn't number one he wouldn't get triggered but then so he wouldn't trigger me but with this relationship is so different because as I am sensing things you know I, I can't turn off what I know it's been beautiful to be in that space of saying I have information i can share but i'm not your coach i'm not i'm not the one who is going to try to fix anything because I'm my work with him which is so fascinating is to see him in his perfection yeah. and when his stuff comes up i i just had to say here are the names of some wonderful people that i know can help you and because my work is to be the presence of, like you said, that safe space where anything can be unpacked at his pace, in his time, when he wants to, who he wants to. Conversely, when my stuff gets triggered, just because I've had more training, I can quickly say, honey, I'm so sorry. That, that That's a beautiful thing. Aren't you finding that the ability to say I'm sorry and please well, forgive me is so fast?
1: Yeah, All right. so that was one of the the amazing things that happened with Jerry and I. Uh, you know, an early trigger. Uh, and I expressed it. And I, I, she said, I'm sorry in such an authentic way. I had never heard before in my life. It was, it was really of the letting go of, of hurt and not trying to defend anything or correct anything, but just, uh, I had, I had never experienced some, somebody apologizing for something that, you know, and, was just what was happening, yeah. Kind of yeah. Um, but each one of those things we grow from, yeah. And we also get closer with,
0: yeah. Um, and what a beautiful safe space we create for our partners when, for me, I I cannot keep a list of evidence of wrongdoings that that is just so if, in the past that is so unconscious. The commitment for me is to keep a list of what is good, what is right, what is perfect, what is beautiful, because I see this relationship as as a rose garden now. And it's to be cultivated. I wanted to do that in my past relationship because, again, I knew I had the awareness of that, but my partner wasn't at that place um, of choosing to cultivate together. There there was still a lot of work that had to be done, uh, but, but now... This is the beautiful part about conscious love is, as we said in the beginning, this love is uncaused. So how can we, in our human minds, think that something that is uncaused can be treated in any other way other than with reverence? I mean, it is holiness itself, the way that I experience it. So to not tend to those roses, to not fertilize that soil, to not pull the weeds as quickly as they come up, which to me is what the forgiveness, quickly, there's an issue, take responsibility for your part, because as you said, it's never the other person. But to cultivate that soil, to, to keep the ground fertile, can you imagine how the blooming can happen forever? Not one of us causes those roses to bloom. That blooming happens because God is expressing itself as a rose. We just prepare the soil and do the work. It's the same with a relationship. That love needs space to express itself. And if we let the garden get grown, you know, taken over with eagle uh, weeds, with righteousness and and list of, of uh, evidence of wrongdoings, Oh my gosh it's it's destined to turn into a you know a, a garden that eventually yeah might produce a few roses here and there but they're not going to be healthy they're not going to last um, the garden eventually will wither so share a couple of examples of, of anything that you want to share that has made this conscious relationship between you and Jerry just the delight that it is for you today um,
1: well we don't really work on it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What
0: the hell is there to work on when love is just being love?
1: (laughs) Right. So we do put a lot of priority on uh, time together.
0: Yeah.
1: Alone. Um, And in that time together alone, there's always a prayer and meditation. Oh, beautiful. You know, that uh, is the spiritual aspect of our relationship is the forefront of it Um, that coming together uh, to love and be loved and to to share in this unconditional love that is beyond the personalities is the purpose of our relationship It's it's not to raise kids it's not to have a a business partnership Um, it's not any of those things it's not any of those things is is to expand. Um, I feel like when we come together in love, is for the expansion of consciousness for humanity for the planet. Um, and the more that we can trust in that, and the, the you know, my personal problems that were solved my uh, that my mind couldn't solve you know, were gifted to me just by connecting with Jerry. And it's it's kind of hard to explain when the mind's, you know, trying to figure things out and someone enters, enters your life and the, there's no, um, it's just, a, you're just called to uh, allow the unfolding of it as opposed to trying to, see what it can be or trying to orchestrate it or figure it out or any or any of these things um, but the early earthly problems are so minute
0: <laughs>
1: and, and they really they really just fall away when when you're uh, in that energy space uh, and then, yes the triggers will happen you do have to come and go you gotta you know make plans around who's gonna to take care of nanny when I'm here and you know, all that stuff. You have to deal with life. Um, but in our coming and going, we're, it's, it's almost as if there's a new creation that's been created by us coming together.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, it comes with us. It stays with us and it it infuses the other actions of, of our life. Um, but we fuel it by coming together again and again and again and again and again. Uh, and allowing uh, that to move to higher and higher vibrations. That there's no um, starting over. It's, yeah. it's just a continuation. I mean, and and we we really have not triggered each other that much. And when there's been a a triggering, it moves really quickly too. Wow. Um, and again, when the triggers is not so much the other person. Um, it's just life itself, and the mind trying to um, decide what it thinks is best. Um, yeah. And I, eventually, the mind will come into uh, service to the heart, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where the heart is clearly in charge. Um, and so.
0: Yeah, but let, let's let just, I wanna say this because people are hearing this and hearing this loveliness and, and this connection and God moving through us and loving through us and loving through our partners and it sounds just so beautiful and amazing, but this is the result of, for both of us, 15 years of work, 15 years of unearthing all of the blocks that we have built to love all of those emotional traumas that caused us to believe that we were weak and insignificant and needed to protect ourselves and basically kept love out of our hearts. Um, Doing that work, looking at those things, is is not for the faint of heart. It's really for somebody who's very courageous and willing to become conscious of, we are the ones who use our own mind to block ourselves by making up ideas about what love should look like and if it doesn't look this way then you got to discard it yeah I believe I believe not a single person ever falls out of love ever because love is what we are how can you fall out of what you are but what happens in from my perception is that we fall into fear we allow fear to take over we give permission to fear to put up our walls and to um, create distance from one another Not that we would fall in love with the first person in our lives and stay with that person forever, but we could fall in love from one person, move to the next person and fall in love and fall in love and fall in love, but never actually leave a trail of betrayal, a trail of hurt people, because we would know, we would understand that when love moves you, you're moving, something is moving you that might be moving you from one relationship to the next to the next. But it is done in such a conscious way. Yeah. That you're not taking anything from another person, that there's no attachment, that there's no expectation. Because to me, love is freedom. Love frees everything to be what it is. That can be very challenging for somebody who doesn't who hasn't done this work, but I am only saying this because anybody who's watching this, I encourage you to do the inner work of healing yourself, because when you heal your conceptions of what the world has taught us, that conditional love passes as love. When you heal those misperceptions, you actually open yourself up for what real love is all about, and it places no conditions. And the reason it places no conditions is because it knows everybody is the presence of the creator expressing itself as love or a human with conditions in their mind suppressing love. I mean, it's basically that. So how can anybody be wrong or bad when they are either conscious that they're love or they're not aware that they're love?
1: Yeah. And, you know, in that mastering of desire, you know, nothing that you desire hurts anyone yeah okay and that's a mastery that's that's a mastery um you know being aligned with your purpose like i say you are you know that's a mastery you know you you cannot possibly do what you're doing wrong because this is your definitely on purpose with what you're doing that um coming together for enlightenment is all these things if you if you have one it's it's affecting all the other desires of life and that upper upper current so yes that um healing is a process that happens and it does take courage and i i think it takes a practice i think there's there's something that you do daily
0: the commitment
1: to turn inward to god yeah
0: Uh, it is
1: but it's not about um fixing you because and and also, we're actually we're not our bodies, we're not our minds, we're not these things. We are the one experiencing this, you know, this unfolding of creation that God has given us. And this small window in front of me is different from that small one in front of you. And I'm to say yes to it. Um,
0: exactly.
1: And things that come up are my distortion of that love. It's not, you know, um, and so. I don't know. I don't know if I'm answering your questions or just rambling, but
0: you're, nice. you're sharing beautiful things. So here we're we're at the end of our time together. We're a little bit in our normal. Hour. But this conversation is so beautiful and so rich. So I want to thank you for expressing what you have expressed and opening up your heart and sharing, you know, private, intimate things. Um But I I know that you and I are both teachers and we teach through the examples of our lives. And that's really what what happens when you begin to know this truth. You can't help but want to share it. And the reason we want to share it is because we know that the truth of who we are is love. So I want everybody out there loving unconditionally because that is the only way we're going to have peace on earth. It's the only way we're going to be able to to really come together together. As one humanity and and experience a new earth.
1: Uh, Can I also share uh, that I'm an absolute Tantra teacher? Uh On the 31st, there's an event. It's it's on Facebook event. Um, I'm teaching a Taste of Tantra class uh, in Atlanta. Uh, And then on the 22nd of April, I'm participating in, um, a lot of you will know Maurice uh, he does an Earth Day celebration, and I'm participating in that as well. Um, but would love to contact, connect with you. And I can also say that I still like meeting with children of light to share stories. So yes. if anybody wants to meet with me for coffee, tea, or a leisurely lunch, uh, just message me, and I'll get together with
0: you. Yeah, because connecting with you the best way is through Facebook. and yeah. Yes. And also with me connect through with me through Facebook. Also, I have um, you can go to my website, which is lineorlando.com And I post all my events and things that I've are coming up there. But I want to thank you, Bill, for being part of this conversation. It's just such a pleasure, such a joy.
1: Ah, you know, me too.
0: What is possible for us when when we do the work is. Is really unconditional love that's all that I can say is a love that places no conditions and sets all beings free to be themselves um, it, it just can't get any better than that cannot get any better than that so thank you for being here with me Thank and you. I look forward to continuing your love affair uh, especially as you guys share it through Facebook I share mine through Facebook <laughs> um, it's, it's all out there I'm transparent so have a wonderful day, and and thank you for uh, to the audience for being here. If you enjoy this conversation, please share it. Let's let's spread the word of what it's like um, when when somebody wakes up and begins to live their lives from their truth. And as as Bill so beautifully said, um, it's just an opportunity for that creator to have its way through us. That's all that we're doing is we're letting something grander than we are have a grander experience than we could possibly possibly ever imagine um with our own little minds i i it just keeps getting better and better and better this this is an amazing life so thank you all and remember that we really truly are magnificent i know i am i know bill is i know our partners are and um until we see you next monday again for a line with line at noon until then have fun take it easy enjoy life and let god have its way with you i promise you it will feel great All right, Bill. Talk to you later.
1: Bye-bye. Love you. Bye-bye.
0: Love you too, my friend.